0: <laughs>
1: we need it uh, to
0: comic book nation i welcome you nah i'm just kidding <laughs> welcome to comic book nation the season five the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com i am your host kofi outlaw and with me today i got a crew of experts that i need We say we're the show that does it all for geek culture, but today we're doing like two things for geek culture, so uh, that's about it. It's just one of those Fridays, and joining me today on that ride is my expert co-host, Mr. Matthew Aguilar.
2: What's up, everybody?
0: And our ace in the hole, Janelle Wheeler.
3: Oh, I like that. Hi, hi. (laughs) Hi.
0: And joining us today is Mark Dishamps from, did I say that right? I always, I always,
1: you know, it's close to anything that has champ in it.
0: I I haven't, I haven't haven't done my French in a lot of years. I I was good at French for a while there, but then I kind of like, and then I'm just, I lost it. So I always get, I always get self-conscious about losing my French edge, but that's not this podcast. We're talking here today about one thing and one thing only a lot of us are delirious. We have been up. We're not on demon time but we are definitely on london time because uh star wars celebration is going down right now across the pond and we've been getting updates we have some uh dedicated people out there you know rich is out there if you guys don't know about the show rich our producer is over there with uh brandon bd davis and we've had like a small faction of the comic book staff on since the break of dawn this morning trying to catch up with all these things going on with Star Wars Celebration and my, 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 isn't there quite a lot to keep up with. So without further ado, without more preamble, what we're gonna be doing today is breaking down everything going down uh, that we've learned so far from Star Wars Celebration 2023. We're gonna roll into that some discussions of the Mandalorian's latest episode and developments. Uh, we're here to talk some gaming today. So we're gonna be talking about Star Wars Jedi Survivor and we are going to be reviewing the new super mario brothers movie which is trying to issue in a whole new era of game <laughs>
2: mama mia so
0: we are going to be breaking down what the super mario brothers movie is all about and where it should fit into your kind of easter holiday viewing plans um and that's about it i mean that's all we got time for today guys we got time for a whole bunch of star wars oh i'm just kidding that was cap i'm sorry we also are going to be doing our first big deep dive comic review this week because matt pushed the agenda and i'm glad he did but we'll get to that later but we are going to be reviewing superwoman woman of tomorrow tom King's kind of epic Supergirl story which is now becoming a film so it was long overdue that we talked about it so we get into it all right without further ado that's enough of my whole spiel and preamble over here that nobody really wants to hear uh, let's get into it so Star Wars Celebration like I said From the break of dawn today, from the break of break of dawn, we've been breaking down all this Star Wars stuff because, man, you know, you never know with things like May the 4th and Star Wars Celebration, year to year, you never know kind of how it's gonna go, right? It could be major, it could be minor. We've had a lot of minor years, but we all kind of had our eyes open this year because it felt like, you know, with Bob Iger back in, Disney is really trying to make a push to get Star Wars fully back on the track as a franchise not just the tv universe but the games the movies which we were all kind of excited for and all of that so we expected some modestly big things from celebration but man they just were like this morning they just woke up and you're like you know what we're tired we're tired of holding on to all this take that go ahead and hit star wars fans here's all of it so here's where we're at right now as of us coming on today we have had a new jet okay so there's been official whole new star wars timeline like released i just got done writing that whole thing up it's the old timeline late like we saw with the high republic you know fall of the jedi in the original trilogy or the prequels you know rise of the empire and solo and bad batch rise of the rebellion then mm-hmm. the kind of uh, new republic era and then the rise of the first order well now we're extending out the new star wars timeline is going to start all the way back at the dawn of the jedi meaning when the first Jedi first formed, and we'll get to that in a minute, but we're going to start with the origins of the Jedi Order, something long debated in Star Wars, never officially done, high risk for sure, and we'll get to that. And we also have the Old Republic on the timeline, which is making a bunch of people go, ooh, because they've been waiting for that Old Republic juice for a long time. But the first big thing I think mainstream fans will hear is that we're getting a sequel film to The Rise of Skywalker and the sequel trilogy, Daisy Ridley, uh, Daisy uh, Daisy Riley. Uh, I keep saying Ridley. Daisy Riley, is it Ridley or Riley? I'm I'm having a moment. I'm freaking out in my brain. I've been I up to- it was Ridley.
1: <laughs> it's it's, it's Ridley. <laughs> I it was- Daisy Ridley. You were you had it? You had it. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> right.
0: All right. So Daisy Ridley's coming back as Ray, and she is going it's gonna be a movie about the new Jedi Order and her teaching a new generation of Jedi. Janelle, as our most mainstream Star Wars fan and, you know, you, you guys kind of have a, you have a love hate relationship with this franchise at times. What did you think about this news?
3: I I love it. I'm I'm absolutely thrilled because I didn't know if I was going to get anything else with anyone um, from that trilogy. So I'm absolutely pumped. I think this is great. Uh, but but I'm not. I'm open to it all like I don't hate everything like I wish there was a whole like Kylo Ren thing like a whole show like TV show just about him um so I I actually liked all the characters and I think certain things could have been handled differently obviously but when you just think of like the core of each character I actually really liked her specifically so I want more content from her and from, I really wish we'd get Kylo Ren, but I know we're not getting anything <laughs> Kylo Ren. It's fine. You're I'm known. just going to say it again. This I really you're love known. Kylo Ren. We could you're get
0: a <laughs> Yeah. You're not alone. People are already saying that they want to see Ben Solo back in this race series. They want to see Ben Solo. Yes. They want to see Finn. Like I'm sure there's going to be a Poe Dameron, you know, uprising pretty soon. So people are just already saying they want to see this new movie include those characters uh, because they have obvious connections to Ray, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially Finn And given John Boyega Maybe some more Of that Force-sensitive stuff That was supposed to be In The Rise of Skywalker and the whole trilogy Might be good I agree um, Peter's all already Producer Peter's already On fire in the comic book Comments <laughs> Saying that is uh, getting the movie That Luke Skywalker Deserved 15 years ago <laughs> <laughs> Which is just Oh man So yeah, maybe But uh, that's what we're getting I now. feel like
3: a lot Has changed with Star Wars For mainstream peeps Like myself Like even just since we had, you know, the the, the Ray and all of that. Like, the Mandalorian has really opened up the eyes of a lot of people that just were not into Star Wars at all. And I think more people are like, oh, wait, maybe I do want more of this and I want more of that. And it just sucks because you're right. Like, I wish that we had a bigger fan base of like not quite so like diehards to get all these other projects going and we're only just now getting that but i think it's good because it's becoming like a thing for the less dedicated fan base and i love that
1: it's funny cuz star wars fans are really finicky and you know they when when the prequels came out and you know everybody has chosen to forget this everybody hated the prequels and now we're 20 years away And everybody loves the prequels. And I've been saying for, you know, the last few years, give it a little time. The sequels are going to be massive with like my daughter's generation. I go to like a Star Wars like event at like the ballpark near here. And there are a thousand kids dressed as Rey. It's going to be like the sequel trilogy. It's hip to hate on it now. It's going to be what the prequels are now times like 10.
3: I love that. And I'm a big fan of the so sequels. Personally. Yeah. I know that's not hit the So center, am I. I I'm a big fan. of the Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's the weird thing about Star Wars. And it, 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 I was one of those prequel haters because I had been growing up on the OT so much. I was all conflicted in the 90s when I finally got to see them in theaters with the recuts and the added scenes and stuff. But 20, 20 years removed, there's a thing about Star Wars, which is like we expect cutting edge every time we get a new movie. But like Star Wars is really kind of found in the kitschy retro discovery right like a lot of us discovered it in the 80s after the films were already out and saw it Mm -hmm. on tv when fox played them like on weekends like this endlessly over the holidays and we were like oh that's cool So like when Star Wars ages, it has this weird, unique effect of fitting better with like stuff that it came with, because now you look at the prequels and you look at some of the kitschy effects and all that stuff. And it's more like part of the fun and charm of Star Wars. You're like, oh, yeah, Star Wars is always like kind of weird and cheesy like this. And it kind of fits together better than when you saw it at first. And I feel like the sequel trilogy will be the same thing. Like kids of that generation will remember the magic, and then you know, even us who are older will age and be like, ah, well, now that it's like kind of been some time, it ages and it's just kind of kooky and fun. Like I, I appreciate this more. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with all in the game over on YouTube. The only one we may never say that about is Rise of the, is the Rise of Skywalker, which is just such a studio focus group mess that I still we may say all just. What's that?
1: I will still say it.
0: You still say it. Yeah, I, still, gonna... I, still,
1: I still like rice rise. rise ha- Listen, I think rise is a little. Wow. Rushed. I think rise is rushed. I think the biggest mistake that they made was trying to make it a trilogy because that's what everybody comes to expect from star Wars. And, you know, we were shoehorning an ending in, and that's why I'm so excited about, you know, this, this Ray news, because I'm like, well, I'm not done with these characters yet. Like I want more. So hey. having that ending, that was, that was my biggest qualm. With with the movie.
0: All right. I Fair agree. enough. Yeah. Matt, how you feeling? How you feeling about the Ray angle?
2: Well, I agree with Mark in the in the sense that like we always talk about in the show, I'm always talking about like revisionist history of like people loving movies that they used to hate. Um and so like that will continue to be a thing. Look at BVS, okay, look at Man <laughs> of Steel, like those movies continue will over time. More and more fans are like, oh man, I've always loved that movie. And I was like, oh no, I don't <laughs> Did you that being know? the case. Did you but, know? You know, it's funny. Yeah. But like it'll be the case here. And it's also nice to see my my biggest issue with Rise. I have a lot of issues with Rise <laughs> with Rise. That's uh that's my least favorite movie of that trilogy. But I will say, at least here we're getting a continuation. I the most important character coming out of that for me was always Ray, because Ray is you know, this, like aside from Kylo, cause I love Kylo, but like, you know, that story kind of gets an ending in that, in that movie, even if it's an ending, like we don't, <laughs> we don't all like it gets an ending, but like Ray's is so kind of open-ended and I was like, Oh, that's a shame if like, we don't get to see that character. And as Mark was saying, like Ray is hugely popular. Like, I know there's always like, there's this like group of people that wants to like deny the exist, like the massive popularity of this character for some dumb reason but like ray is hugely popular and you talk to a lot of star wars fans even if they're not clicked into everything that's going on they know who ray is now like like ray is kind of on that level of some of these other storied characters as far as recognition and it's awesome and i want to see that character get to do more things so yeah uh and as you know the last jedi is my favorite movie of that trilogy and if we talk can, lean some, if we can lean into that stuff, because obviously she's going to be doing some of the things that Luke tried to do. And if we can sort of play with that and mirror it and learn from those lessons, all that stuff, that's so rich. Like there's so much to explore there. So I'm, I'm, I'm in for this. Uh, I, I'm excited that Ray gets to could stick around.
0: I'm in for it. If we get like a whole line of grumpy force ghost mentors that she has to deal with. <laughs> Like Yoda, Luke, Anakin, Ben Solo, and just have them all like arguing, have like funny force ghost scenes of them just like going at it and her being like, oh my God, I got to get out of here. Well,
1: there's there's the, the, there's the the meme with Mace Windu where he's, you know, he's staring at Anakin Skywalker, you know, like he's like glaring at him, like the force ghost. Like we got to get that.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, if Spider-Man is doing, and we'll get <laughs> yeah, to this later, say, but if Spider-Man yeah. is doing all the pointing memes, we got to get some of those in there. Have some fun with it. Come on. Let's have some fun with the uh, drama of the sequel trilogy. But all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in for Ray Skywalker and that continuing story. I always thought that was such a weird, truncated place to kind of stop things, just taking the name and being like, OK, but what happens next? Like, we got to do more. So I'm kind of a, I'm kind of and I hope that this movie will make peace between the last Jedi and rise of Skywalker in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like I hope we can get the whole Skywalker Palpatine, you know, light, dark conflict. Plus, you know, the whole ideas that Ryan Johnson was trying to say about average kids, maybe learning, they have a bigger destiny and Ray being there to shepherd them. And, all that stuff. And like, and I'm not kidding about the Force Ghosts. I do want to see some of these characters return as grumpy Force Ghosts, trying to help her along and her being like, screw you, I gotta go my own way. Kind of like Miles Morales. Why, why, why deviate from these stories, right? Now let's talk about the thing that Janelle alluded to and let's move on to the next big, uh, arguably, there's two big projects here and we've been already debating these in comic book chat about will these make it to the screen or will we find them in alternative fates for these two? The Ray movie we're sure about will probably make it to theaters for sure. The other two projects they kind of announced were uh, a New Republic film event that Dave Filoni is doing that will culminate all of these New Republic era Disney Plus series we've had. The Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka coming up. Um, I don't know if there's anything else we're going to get in between there, but everything set after Return of the Jedi and before Mm -hmm. The Force Awakens is in that era of the New Republic, and that's when – A lot of these TV shows have been set, but there's always been this inevitable thing where we do have to get to the rise of the First Order. Right. We do have to get to that stuff we saw in The Force Awakens. Um, And so there has to be some kind of seal off between like, why wasn't Mando and Grogu helping up against, you know, against uh, Snoke and all of them and all that. So we got to explain that. And it sounds like this will be an event film to kind of tie all those possibly bring all these series together into like one big event film, you know, the Mandalorians that we're seeing all become a new faction, Boba Fett's whole syndicate, the Star Wars rebels characters that make it out of Ahsoka, you know, any new Republic characters that they want to put in there to kind of help out. And that's going to be an event film. Now my skepticism is, will this make it to the screen? I know that's the intention because this also seems like an easy one to put on Disney plus as a big feature event which I could see happening down the line. But what do you guys think about this? And kind of what do you what do you want to see with this? Matt, what do you want to see out of this one? Because I know you have uh you want to see Grogu
2: on the big screen. I you know, I'm kind of with you as far as like I don't honestly care if it's on the big screen or not. It here's the thing, if they get the budget to really go for it, like Mandalorian doesn't pull strings on the budget, you know what I mean? Like stuff looks impressive. So if we can get that kind of level, but maybe up the bit for the big screen to really take advantage of it, you you could get me to go see that the theater, but I don't necessarily need it. I'd be fine with a Defenders style, you know, let's do a big presentation, special feature, whatever. Right. And and make it that kind of event for streaming. I'm fine with that. Uh, But yeah, I want to see. I mean, look, it's just the concept of having all these characters that I have grown to really adore within the Mandalorian sphere or in like Boba Fett's case, grow to love more. Like I was not really a huge Boba Fett fan before his iteration in the show. Like I just, you know, he was cool. He was a cool design, but I never really cared. Um, and I've like grown to like that character. And so like all of these things coming together and all these people, that's huge. Like that's that's probably the thing I'm most excited about out of out of the announcements, and I was surprised to see them aim for the theater not gonna lie so i could definitely see if stuff behind the scenes moves or changes that could shift <laughs> it's easier maybe to put it on streaming but that would be something that would actually get me to go into a theater to watch like i'd go see that it's yeah it doesn't happen all the, the time plan days, you know
0: I definitely think that's the plan. It's a guaranteed way to make sure the films have been divisive, right? But everybody loves Mando, and if you bring a big Mando event to the big screen, that's an easy way to get people back in the Star Wars movies. So I actually think this might have legs to kind of work. Um, As people have mentioned in the uh, the comments, yes, I also think that Ahsoka, and we'll talk about the first Ahsoka trailer in a minute here, but uh, is setting up Thrawn to be the big bad of this era, right? Like he's the guy who's going to be the heir to the empire and be the one who's smart enough to kind of cause enough of a problem for all these people to have to come together and possibly fight. So he's like the Thanos of these things. And I'd be down with that scenario. Janelle and Mark, what do you guys think?
3: I, I mean, I feel like I just went on a tangent. So let's let Mark do his thing.
1: Um, I, I mean, listen, Mando on the big screen with Grogu. I mean, that's you're printing money. If you don't put that in theaters, I think that's a huge miss. I mean, I'm, we're going to get to Mario in a little bit, but when I saw Mario, the number of kids that had Bowser plushes and Mario plushes at 11 AM on a Wednesday was insanity. And I mean, you're going to, you're going to see so much of that if you've got Grogu on the big screen. So I think that would be a huge miss on Disney's part, keeping that on Disney plus. My only thing is I just, I want, I want Mando and Grogu to continue on past this, whatever. I I don't, I want to see them get a happy ending, but continue on. Like if anybody deserves that in all of star Wars, it's those two, like over the last few years, Mando has become my favorite star Wars character. Um, Din Djarin has just totally like he's, he's past Luke Skywalker and Han Solo for me. Um, So I, I I want to see these characters. I I don't want to see Mando die off or, or anything silly like that. Right. As long as they avoid that, which I think they're smart enough to, um, then I'm happy.
0: All right. So, I mean, that's an easy sell, this New Republic event film. Yeah. Now let's talk about the bigger swing that Star Wars is taking. James Mangold, who will, if he pulls off these films, will be, the I think, the first director to do a, a Marvel DC Star Wars trifecta <laughs> because he did Logan and the Wolverine. He's now hired for Swamp Thing for DC Studios and he's now doing a star Wars movie and it said his star Wars movie will be basically the first Jedi, uh, in the dawn of the Jedi era of the timeline. Um, and that is something we've always debated, right? Like, Star Wars fans have talked about this for decades. Like, what would you do if you had to tell the story of the first person who decided to start, you know, meditating in the Force and build a laser sword? And how would that all go? And we're already making loads of jokes that have had me cracking up and dying about James Mangle basically making a spaghetti western on Tatooine. And at the end, some guy starts a rock to hover and levitate, like a little bit, like the end of Inception or something. And then, like, that's just it. But, uh, Yeah, it's a big swing, right? To try to imagine the origin of the
2: Jedi, the first Jedi. (laughs) What's that? It's I love that. I just love the idea. It's like some guy, and it's like it's Chuck, the Jedi. Chuck the Jedi lifts a rock at the very end, (laughs) and that's the movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: and then like or the or the last thing we said is like you're gonna find out in like the final epilogue scene that he takes on his first student and it's like oh it's yoda and it's a big yoda was the second jedi and it was like <laughs> a big <deal> a <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> um but um yeah so they're gonna go all the way back past the old republic to the first jedi which is crazy right like that's a big swing and that's the one that's just got me like mm, will we see this or will this be a, one of those Star Wars movies I've heard about in the last few years, you know, <laughs> one of the ones that never make it? Because, yeah, I mean, I just feel like it's one that I could see them spinning out of in creative process of mangled, like being like, okay, let's tell this kind of story. And everybody's Wars being like, mm, yeah, we don't need a Logan. He's like, no, gotta be bloody with real swords, real heads getting chopped off before they figure <laughs> out the laser stuff. Like, yeah, uh, so I mean, what do you guys think of this project? Uh, I mean, is it exciting to you? Are you a little, like, I am trepidatious to use a big word or something A
1: little, little of both. I, I think Mangold's a good pick for that type of thing. Um, and especially if, like, they can find a happy medium. I'm not the biggest Logan fan, but I love the Wolverine. Um, and if you could kind of... If you could kind of marry those things, if you could have like just enough studio interference where he's not going like out there and not like the robot that's at the end of the Wolverine where it kind of goes off the rails, then I think you'll you'll have a good thing. Like, I'd love to see like the Ronin in live action, like the the, the Star Wars, the Ronin short. They can pull something like that off. I'm all in. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, Janelle, what do you think? Oh. Do you think you'd be in for a story about a guy who becomes the first Jedi, or is that a little too Star Absolutely. Wars for your liking?
3: No, I I love origin stories. Like I wish I knew more about this because it would help me kind of process and understand the entirety of this you know universe the star wars universe so uh, yes i would love an origin story they make me the happiest like i love them i'm that person with the walking dead that loves like the origin story and it still bothers me to this day that we don't know exactly <laughs> where it came from it drives me freaking nuts so <laughs> uh, yeah so please more information more content more info more backstory always
0: <laughs> oh wow well, I mean I didn't expect everybody to be that positive. This is a positive yeah. group. I like this. I like this.
3: Um, yeah,
0: like I said, this is one, but this is one I could see easily getting scrapped if if push comes to shove because it's mm-hmm. at the beginning of the I timeline. I feel like it's there because they don't need it, but it's great to have. But if but I could see also Mangle's schedule getting because he's packing up some projects and it's getting kind of he's got one to do before Swamp Thing. Or no, he's Indy5 to promote. I think he has another film to film after that, Swamp Thing. So I'm just even like wondering where this would go. But to all that, I say I love a good prequel story when you do a prequel story that really messes with your preconceived notion of what happened and reveals to you that, like, oh. Like, that's what I loved about some of House of the Dragon when we talked about it. It's like, oh, there's things you read in the history books of Game of Thrones, but when you actually see them play out, it was some other twisted thing that history got wrong. And so I would love to see that in The Origin of the Jedi, some kind of... Deeper twist between the Jedi and the Sith that we never knew. Some deeper connection, maybe a love story. I don't know. Anyway, well, I, can't, I can't. Moving tell it right if along.
2: the comic book account is is trolling or is or is being legit in the desperately needed time comments. skip. I can't. I can't read it. I don't. You know how a to little read of it. both. They've. Been, <laughs> okay. I mean, there has
0: been comments about you being <laughs> done with Mando, about you being a Mando hater ever since he took off. There's helmets. Been a
2: lot. I still love helmets. I do think, ironically, it is actually the perfect time for this kind of story because you, you're getting all these this new influx of Star Wars fans who haven't been steeped in all of the other shows and lore and stuff. Mandalorian has pulled in a lot of new people. And so I actually think it's a perfect time for this kind of movie. To really like set the ground of like what the hell a Jedi is. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that probably just think like Jedi are like cool people with the laser swords. Like that there's like not necessarily all the history and lore. So I think it's actually a perfect mm-hmm. if they can do it right. And to what Mark was saying, like if they can blend things and like really make it, you know, uh dense enough for the long time fans to where they're getting stuff out of it, but also approachable enough for new people to really come away with an understanding of what Jedi are and why it's important to be one and then the what they serve to the galaxy. I think it's it's smart. It's like the perfect time for that.
0: I I mean, yeah, I think you could be right. So I'm not against it. I just think it's a very careful story that you have to tell. And the themes of it have to be kind of right. And also it has to carry a lot of the seeds of showing you the whole process of the Jedi messing up coming back, messing up, coming back, messing up in that whole thing. Because, yeah, because the High Republic is actually doing a good job of that in weird ways. It's just sewing in this kind of implication of why these people were flawed heroes and how it all could have turned to sugar honey iced tea by the time of the Skywalker saga. So we'll see. But I'm going to keep my eye on that one. Let's move to something more reliable. We got our first teaser trailer for the Star Wars Ahsoka series. And as far as teasers go, Um, I don't think I've been this hyped about one since I saw the first Mandalorian teaser with the bar scene and all that, but this was a pretty good and well cut trailer for me. But I am a hardcore Star Wars Rebel fan. I loved that animated series. And so as I'm writing up right now, people like me who watch Rebels, all the Rebels fans are, you know, they're murking out because this is like a perfect sequel, live action sequel series to that. I'm more interested to you guys who necessarily didn't watch Rebels, what this plays like to you because i'm I genuinely just want to know and yes ray stevenson looks badass as a as a star wars dark side wielder
1: it's pretty wild to me because i um i was not into clone wars and i was not into rebels i didn't watch either of them and i just kind of always assume you know they always say oh this is canon and you're like yeah sure whatever and then all of a sudden it becomes canon in stuff like the mandalorian and you're like Oh, I didn't watch any of that. Um, But it's pulling me in like, you know, with Bo-Katan being in in Mandalorian, all of a sudden I'm a Bo-Katan fan and I'm like, well, I got to watch all this stuff. And uh, I really like this trailer for Ahsoka. Um, Just like the Mandalorian, it's making me want to watch what I've missed.
0: Yeah, we got to put together. I mean, this trailer's definitely made me think we got to put together some Real dedicated like guides. Star Wars Rebels guides Please. to be like, here, just watch these couple episodes and this couple episodes, you'll be good. But um, yeah, there's so but I, I like that they're doing this because I think what you guys are saying, Janelle, did do this? How do let me hear Janelle first before Ooh, I make this point? Goosebumps. So I don't get all of
3: my Dude, strong female characters, like just it looks beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely pumped about this. Like it's I just can, I, I truly feel like I'm having a moment where I'm becoming a Star Wars, like, deep fan. I, I'm I'm so excited about everything and I've not felt like that in my entire life. Like, I grew up on, you know, the original three films. My parents made me watch them. They, you know, you have to. And they told me about their first times. watching it. Like, it, it was a thing, but, and I even grew up going to the theme parks and riding the Star Wars ride but I never felt like really connected to it. And I just, now it's like every single thing I'm like, Oh my God, like that's another character I'm going to fall in love with. And this is a world that I think looks so cool and the action is amazing and it's gorgeous. It's they're just doing a great job. So I'm excited about almost everything they're releasing right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We got loath cats and Sabine Wren and I'm just liking the ties that they're putting together, seeing Mon Matha from Andor in there, seeing the rebels in there, seeing, knowing all the connections between Ahsoka already established and Grogu and and Din Djarin, Sabine Wren being a Mandalorian and how that will all affect her. Like it is a universe coming together and it looks like this series is going to be a pivotal point in that and set up this event film and the events of that. So it's gonna be lit this summer. I'm excited for and seeing Ahsoka Tano finally get her due as a mainstream kind of Star Wars character is long overdue. And yeah, and I'm and I hope we get to see some cool Easter eggs like Ashley Eckstein like get in for like a little scene as a different you know version of a Ahsoka. We know we're gonna get them at different time periods in this. So, is, is it? But as a mainstream attraction this looks like it will get people in and make them say yeah well, what was that star wars rebels all about so i'm all about yeah. that uh no ezra's in in the series if people are wondering no the only star wars rebel main character we don't have so far as freddie prince jr told us recently he's like ah i'm not interested but i would love to see him even appear as a force ghost and do all that he didn't like doing rise of skywalker though so he's a hard sell but you know he's also <laughs> dead um <laughs> Yeah, I don't believe Damon Streams. I don't believe Ashley Eckstein either. She went over to to London. She met Rosaria Dawson. They said it was a meeting on set. I wrote that mm-hmm. up, but I feel like it was a little bit more than that. I feel like they're going to show her some love. And we love her on this show, so I hope so. But um,
2: that yeah, cool. Good job.
0: Yeah, and this is going to be I mean, this is going to be good. Between like Secret Invasion in June for Marvel and then this in August, like my Disney Plus is going to be fired up this summer and I'm and I'm excited about that. I'm not mad for paying out for that subscription all of a sudden. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> Moving right along to finish out our segment We got some first details And I haven't gotten caught up on everything But the Acolyte is also making its Kind of first splash at Celebration Has anybody seen the footage? of they leaked it online? I haven't seen it yet Mm -mm. I haven't caught it yet I think think Peter said he saw it And other people may have seen it But um, it sounds like the Acolyte is going to be exciting as well That's uh, coming at the tail end of the High Republic era So uh, keep an eye on that And I think we'll see more from that And if it looks anything like Ahsoka, I mean, I'm kind of really excited for that. Uh, We also have uh, we got some new things about kind of the Mandalorian season three and the payoffs that'll be coming our way with that. But uh, let's talk about that. The Mandalorian, because it's interesting that we got episode six of season three right now before celebration when we got some of these projects announced, because I feel like this latest episode really pulled things together in terms of kind of seriously bringing up Mandalorians together as a faction and maybe putting them back towards the path to their homeworld, which will be an interesting resolution to season three, right? Because still plenty of enemies out there gunning for them like Moff Gideon. And if he's working for somebody like Thrawn and all that, what are you guys feeling? Because this, I think this week was the point where I slightly came around on the Mandalorian. I've been hard on it this season. (laughs) But uh, I did. I mean, there was some silliness in episode six, right? Seeing Jack Black and Lizzo is always uh, <laughs> that's, that's a, an experience. It's experience. You don't see them necessarily expecting them to pop up. But it was a Bryce Dallas Howard episode, and she's only getting better with time. And Christopher Lloyd playing a crazy separatist villain dude was was pretty uh, was pretty great. And, uh, yeah, overall, I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed uh, some of the action we saw in – So I guess I'm coming around a little bit on the Mandalorian season three. I think I've realized that I need star Wars to, I was thinking about this and I think I maybe should write something about this, but as Mark was saying, you know, it is a finicky fan base, but star Wars has kind of lacked diversity. And I don't mean that in terms of the whole actor, like who's represented thing. I mean, like content diversity, it's basically kind of the same stuff. They tried to do the standalones. They didn't really commit there. They still tried to like pull it back into star Warsy stuff. Andor was the first time we really i feel like got like something that was distinctly different within star wars and now i kind of have a thirst for that i I need my mandalorian but i need my andor and i need some other stuff too so i hope they keep going with like some content diversity but i'm not going to hate on the mandalorian for that because i am still enjoying it for what it is so everybody can chill Uh, i'm back to like mandalorian (laughs)
2: <laughs> and then he drinks soda
1: <laughs> perfect timing
2: i know yeah no um it's i mean look i uh number one i just want to want to give a shout out uh we got coast Reeves. it was just, i was very excited mercedes ronado made an appearance and she only had one line but it's okay i was i was very excited uh to to see her but also i asked kofi was saying i just love look i I've really enjoyed this season, um, but I could take as kind of Mark was alluding to, I've really like this show has been a vehicle for me to become a bigger uh, Bo-Katan fan. Like I just really grown to really enjoy what they're doing with that character and, and how she plays off of, you know, Mando. And, and it's just like, I could watch a whole show with just them, like just mm-hmm. doing random stuff all the time. <laughs> like they don't actually have to follow a story. Like I would just watch a buddy com- <laughs> comedy of them all the time. Cause they're just so, interesting together and how they play off each other um so and i thought what they're this whole overarching story of you know the restoration of you know the mandalorian culture and even the planet and the faith behind like all that stuff it's just kind of laced throughout here and then we get to really see you know forward movement and i look the cameos are fun for me like i like i don't expect anything more of them other than like oh hey it's jack black oh hey (laughs) it's It's Lizzo, like it's just people living out their dreams, and I'm okay with that. It's fine, you know. It's only going to be for an episode or here or there. Uh, they're just fun, and so I just kind of take them for what they are. Um, but yeah, I, I I love the season, I, and I've really enjoyed that. I enjoyed this episode a lot, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for where things are going, especially now that we know that this big culmination film is coming or whether it goes to the TV or not. This project is coming. And I think I've learned also with Star Wars for me, it is better to ultimately judge whether a season delivers when the whole thing is done. It's almost been every single time. I think over the last like three years, uh, I've had to backtrack on something because I went in like episode two or episode four. Well, they're not talking about this. Why aren't they covering this? Well, why are they just ignoring this? And then literally almost every time by the end of the season, it's addressed. And it's addressed in a way that I go, Oh, yeah, I was satisfied by that. And I have to backtrack that. So I'm learning to just like shut my mouth and not (laughs) talk about (laughs) that thing until I actually missed it. Like, (laughs) until that works. Because I can't I judge if they miss something until they actually miss it. Like I gotta give someone a chance to fall on their face before I can call them for falling on their face. So Man, I you can have mad now
1: and not take it back later. That's how the internet works.
0: Am I, am yeah, I having I know, a stroke? Right I'm now? trying to learn is not it, to do is this a stroke? much
1: is this what a stroke sounds (laughs) like
2: (laughs) because i've had to eat crow on almost every single star wars series for the last last three four shows there's something that i go like well why is that there and then literally by the end it's like it happened with boba fett it happened with obi-wan like it happened with andor like it's happened almost every time where like something i call out and it's like why is that this way and then it's by the end of it, it's like, oh, okay, I see the I see the plan. And I can totally judge it on other things. But like for things that are missing and stuff, I'm I'm learning to like not really go for that deep until I actually see the full thing. And then if they miss it, I'm gonna call you on it. Great. But you know,
1: I'm trying. I'm Admittedly, I'm an episode behind, but one thing that I, I really like about The Mandalorian is they will have these one-off characters and you, you're like, oh, well, what, what was the point of that? And then 10 episodes later, there's a massive payoff and you're like, oh. And, and it's funny because Star Wars has always been like that since I was a kid, but you'd have to read like an anthology to find out like who this background character was. And now <laughs> yeah. we have the Mandalorian paying these things off for the whole audience. And I think that's so cool. I think that's one of its best strengths.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think you do have to watch those recaps at the beginning of episodes. Don't, oh, yeah. don't think you're so great. Watch those recaps at the beginning <laughs> of the Mandalorian episode. They're very so helpful. But uh, it, yeah, and, and it shows the confidence in Star Wars storytelling. So I'm not mad at that at all. But uh, yeah, I'm enjoying the Mandalorian. Um, Let's close out Star Wars talk today with our talk about, uh, Mark, I think this is you. You're up. You talking uh, Jedi Survivor?
1: unfortunately i'm not the guy who covered jedi survivor for our site but um i'm excited for it i wasn't the biggest fan of the first one but everything i'm hearing about the sequel has me excited um i'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed i'm not sold on kale kestis in general um but we'll we'll see we'll see i i like i like the direction i've seen so far
2: this trailer yeah, so star wars news soap look at that oh <laughs> Look, that opening so, sequence rules.
0: Do we have somebody? We have somebody working on this right, though. They're playing it right.
1: Uh, yeah, Kate Onder is uh, he got to go to a preview for uh, for who it. sounds
0: like a Star oh, nice. Wars character.
1: He does, doesn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it
2: totally does, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: His but name um,
2: is yeah, even okay. spelled like C A D E. Yeah, that is totally,
0: yeah, so it's, it's totally. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I mean, this is an easy segment. Keep a look out on comic book gaming and comic book Star Wars because we will be getting into Jedi Survivor. Maybe when Cade's had a chance to kind of play through the whole thing, we're going to come back and hear his thoughts about it. Uh, yeah, so that's an easy segment. But new trailer, story play, it looks good. I am psyched for this, and it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. It's just hitting on multimedia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm sorry for the podcast listeners. We're like staring at this trailer. Podcast listeners are like, dead All right. So we're going to take a break. This has been our Star Wars segment. Please, if you're just coming in late to Comic Book Nation, go back and listen to it because we just did like 45 minutes of straight Star Wars talk, which is yeah. good for me always. Um, but when we come back, we are going to review the new Super Mario Brothers movie. We are gonna talk about some of the big trailers that dropped this week, including Indiana Jones 5 at Star Wars Celebration and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And we are gonna talk about Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. So it's gonna be a great geek heavy second half of the show. Be sure to stay tuned for all of that. Wow, great finish. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. If you are still with us, we just finished a big segment breaking down the big reveals of Star Wars Celebration 2023. Now we are moving on and we're to the real reason I just looked up where our gaming uh, editor Tanner Yeah, he clearly told me multiple times that Mark was coming on to help with Super Mario Brothers and not Star Wars. I clearly (laughs) listened to everything that people were telling me. Uh, But to be fair, I I mean, it is Easter weekend, so I was home with two kids running around trying to work yesterday. So there's a lot of things I missed, like eating, self-care, sometimes breathing, sometimes peace, uh, sometimes quiet. And Serenity, too, I think was a victim. So. Here we are today, and now we're here for what Mark is here to shine for, which is talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie. I believe uh, Mark, you and I are the ones who have seen it, unless Janelle and Matt snuck out there, because uh, it came out Wednesday. I'm saving
3: it for this weekend.
0: Okay, so um, we can get right into it with Mark and I. Um, I put it out on Twitter, and I was a little snarky, but uh, it, it basically it boils down to I think this is a very entertaining kids' movie okay? Um, it's full of iconic Nintendo stuff. It's bright. It is beautiful. It goes at a pace of a clip like an ADD rattled young <laughs> child. And so, like, every five seconds, there's something. It's very obvious in its storytelling. Um, and and it works for to keep kids engaged and in their seats and having, like, a, oh, oh, and thrill ride and laughing and, and appreciating all the humor on the level they get it. What this is not is a Pixar movie. It doesn't have – do not expect any deeper subtext that speaks to you as an adult, makes you tear up, makes you get out of the theater and want to call your sibling and be like, I appreciate you, or anything like that. Like, that's not what this is. Nintendo isn't going – Nintendo and Illumination – don't aren't going for that, which shouldn't surprise you that the makers of the minion movies who are just basically monosyllabic little beeping cute things don't have like a deeper level to all of this. Now, that's the negative, And that's a small negative because this movie is for kids. So if it's entertaining kids, it's kind of doing its job. Um, what I will say is what it does for adults is it drops a ton of Easter eggs. If you are an 80s, 90s kid. Who grew up on gaming in that time period and remember like i do in 80 i'm dating myself in 86 getting your first nintendo entertainment system and duck hunt and punch out and zelda were like your three only games and all of that stuff then there is tons of fun easter eggs for you in this movie i mean scenes are packed with visuals or just kind of you know actions and behaviors the character does that, do that are clear odes to these other video games and stuff so you do appreciate that and that is fun but it's all just superficial right it's just like oh yeah that's a fun punch out reference and oh yeah i know that voice from that game and that actor and stuff like that but uh like i said again there's no deeper level so about by the time i got to the third act like i was starting to glaze over a little bit and i was just like and by the final fight i knew exactly how the movie was going to pay off what final big thing we had on the mario easter egg bingo card that we hadn't hit yet that we still needed to do and all that's very predictable But again i think this is a movie for kids and kids will enjoy the heck out of it um so that's what i'll say and there are some i think this movie and i think they played it safe because it's nintendo's big debut their flagship character but i think in the next time around and there will probably be a sequel i think they do better when they let the actors just get weird because there are some moments in this movie that get weird and they are the standout best moments we're seeing a a thing about this little star character in the movie yeah and like that character is so weird and so out of place in this movie but has some of the best scenes ever in this movie also Jack Black as Bowser is just like Charlie Day and Chris Pratt are all right, but they're just by the numbers but like Anya Taylor-Joy does a good job as Peach and Bowser and Jack Black as Bowser is just I mean he's just Jack Black does good in like voice roles in, in general but like They're just things they let him do in this movie and sequences in this movie of just Jack Black being weird Jack Black that, again, are some of my favorite scenes in the movie. So I think they're allowed to get a little bit more weird with it as they go forward. Maybe Nintendo will loosen up a little bit and say, okay, we don't have to be so like, oh, my brand and like let them play with it. But when it does get weird, there's a lot more fun to be had in this movie. So I, I and there are some parts that are even like downright a little bit scary. Like there's a lava cage scene that I was just like, wow, this is really intense. But when that happens, that's good stuff. But so that's my assessment. Mark, uh, I know you were a big, huge Nintendo fan, as we can see right behind you on the wall. So how was this for you, man?
1: So, I mean, this was, this was heaven for me. Um, you know, like you, I got one, literally one of my earliest childhood memories is getting an NES, um and not being able to move and jump at the same time in the original Super Mario Brothers. So like that first hole was horrible. But it's it, it this to me was just everything I could have asked for. Um it was a little it was a little short. Um I I'm a big fan of 90 minute movies, and even I was like, okay, I could have used like an extra 10-15 minutes there to let things breathe a little bit, but um I was just I was really I was really happy with it um as you mentioned the animation is just stunning um the characters look like the characters um the characters felt like the characters you know everybody was really worried about chris pratt i thought pratt did a really good job um i think i think charlie day was perfectly cast as luigi we didn't get as much of him as i as i might have liked but um you know i was really happy with just the cast in general jack black and anya taylor joy as you mentioned both fantastic um and I mean, you know, it's funny because when you have references, it it's a it's a double edged sword because on one hand, you're making the older fans happy. And on the other hand, there's, you know, the accusation that it's, oh, there's that, there's that, there's that, there's that, there's that. Um, and I can I can totally see that as a legitimate complaint that there was a little too many, there there were a few too many Easter eggs. Um but it was great. Like I liked seeing things. I I liked seeing references to punch out and duck Hunt and kid Icarus. Um, Can we spoil the post credit? Is that, is that okay? You're, 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 you're muted. uh, Kofi,
0: I'd say if we can hint at it and just kind of say like, there's a thing in the post credits. So,
1: so what, one of my biggest complaints with the movie is that the, the character set up in the post credits also makes a, a minor, cameo earlier in the movie so it didn't make any sense like you i don't know why you would set up a post credit for a character that we've already seen like that to me was kind of like a a what um but i i was just i was a really really big fan i i i actually rewatched the 1993 super mario brothers movie um the same day for the first time in about 30 years um to to kind of see what that was like again and it was just amazing to see how far we've come um to to get something that was this faithful and this clearly made for both the fans and kids so uh, big 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 thumbs up from me
0: all right um and i and i had this discussion on the darker more disturbing podcast x that i do and it was that there we were joking that there is something element to this movie that feels like it was made by an ai who had to (laughs) kind of crowdsource every single mario game property that had ever been released and be like now you have to appeal to all of this and they were like okay and they just like made a movie that had like every kind of because there's like classic mario reference mario you know super mario world you know gamecube mario you know mario galaxy like you know, there's all kinds the whole shebangabang kind of gets a reference in here, which is the amount of Easter eggs. I think people are talking about, but they had to, I mean, Mario is one of those things. Like it's, it's like comic books, right? Like it's appealed to different generations for different reasons and they recognize different things in it, but somebody, but people's knowledge doesn't carry over. Like they stop at a certain point. So they had Mario for this period and then they stopped. And then this another generation had it for this period and then they stopped. And then this generation had, it, and so on and so forth. So you really, you weirdly do have to kind of spread it all out and appeal to everybody, the whole, because otherwise you get a whole bunch of, that's not my Mario. I don't remember that Mario. And it's like, okay. You gotta hit everybody, but um, like I said, now that the film's established itself, I-, I hope that we can come back next time and have a little bit more individualistic, kind of weird play with the characters in the property. So
1: Nintendo's a, a classically stubborn company. Um oh, yeah. ever, since, ever since that 1993 Mario movie tanked, they've just been very they don't want anybody handling their stuff. And I get it. I mean, when you own an IP when it's when it's your baby, you don't want to see somebody else screw it up um so that's why it took this long to get this um so i'm very interested to see what comes of this because very clearly luigi's mansion is is an angle with charlie day and you know a donkey Kong country movie with seth rogan those are very very easy things to shift over to but nintendo might just go Nah, we're good i don't with what the money the movie's made money wise i don't see that happening but they're they're stubborn so we'll see yeah.
0: yeah yeah
2: all right sorry <laughs> wow. i'm typing mad a message yeah yeah go for uh, it i have a quick question because i cut out and i had to my internet just like <laughs> decided to stop and booted me out and i had to come back in so i might have missed it what is is there like yoshi in this is there yoshi bro like what is i'm a big yoshi fan so that's Kind of the only reason
1: I'm really <laughs> Mid, yeah. so, so the the thing that we can say here is that if you if you've seen the trailers, there is a, a sequence where they are traveling the mushroom kingdom and you can see a bunch of Yoshis in the background, and that's all I'll say.
3: Ooh, yeah. Yoshi's woolly world.
0: So I like uh, Shy Guy. Oh,
1: <laughs> oh nice. There are, freaky, there are some Shy Guys. in there freaky,
0: form. yeah, there's a freaky horroristic. The shy guys actually get a nice, horroristic kind of moment in the film. Again, that. like I said, like I said, it's one of the joys of when things get weird in that sequence. There is a kind of ode to Luigi's Mansion and the kind love of one of my favorite of games. And it's one of the best scenes the movie is with the shy guys, who are very kind of brief but very effective in their appearance. So, yeah, they're good. Um, you won't look at them the same way again. Okay, <laughs> so that's our review, and I would say. Um, we are – I would say out of all the holiday movies, I think for the family altogether, my pick would be Dungeons & Dragons if I'm being honest. But if you're a parent with kids, like definitely go take this. And they don't need to be huge Mario fans. I'm sure they'll come out of it pretty big fans and wanting to know more. So you may go in for a movie and be on the hook for a Nintendo Switch by the time you come out. But uh, that's between you and your family. That's and then what you're going to
1: do is you're going to go to comicbook.com. And this great writer, Mark DeChamps, he wrote the best an article that's the best Mario games to play after seeing the Mario movie. And you're listen if you don't want to buy a Nintendo Switch, there are two mobile games on that list that you can find on Android and iOS. Ooh,
3: can I ask what what number one was?
1: Uh, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Yes, the best bargain on that system. Yes. You get two great games, and one of them can be played with four people. Online or locally, I cannot say enough good things about that game.
3: Let's be a cat.
0: All right, thank you, Mark, for talking Super Mario Brothers movie with us. And uh, I think we're gonna switch things up, and I think we're gonna move. Maybe our trailer reactions will do as our bonus round today, because that's not crucial, right? Like we don't need to do. That, that's not crucial in terms of all the Star Wars. We, we put that in there before Star Wars Celebration dumped everything. Up, so. <laughs> we'll talk about, if you want to hear us talk about reactions to the kind of uh, the new trailer, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Indiana Jones 5, and maybe a little bit about Barbie. Uh, we'll do that as our bonus round so that we can save the rest of our remaining time on the main show for our deep dive topic. Our first this week for a comic book. Matt, take it away.
2: Yeah, so with the DC Slate uh, announced not too long ago, we've been talking about what's going to be, we're going to kind of tackle these movies and shows uh, piece by piece. And so it was kind of fitting that I was like, oh, man, number one, I just really wanted to read Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow again. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that that seems like a perfect time. Plus, Tom King's, his Wonder Woman runs coming up. So we're like, oh, man, it's like perfect time frame. And Janelle you know, had never read this. So there was just a lot of stuff coming around here. So as our first one of these, uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, the eight issue series uh, is now out. It's been sold out in trades ever since the announcement. They got a restocking. So I think now you can actually go get physical copies again uh but uh you know who knows they might sell out again uh but it's awesome to see and this is a this is a very different kind of it's funny that we were kind of talking about those like spaghetti westerns and like a lot of mandalorian because there is a very much a, a bit of a mandalorian feel to this supergirl story it is supergirl kind of ending up helping this girl who her you know her father was killed and she just wants vengeance right and through some things that kind of happen, supergirl ends up kind of taking her along and trying to help her find this person for also reasons of her own and also kind of over time trying to kind <laughs> of win her over like hey we shouldn't kill people <laughs> like there's like that whole thing going on but it's just like it's just so cool seeing Kara in this like portrayed this way like there's just such a i don't know it's just so it was so refreshing because sometimes Kara can get Like with the Superman family, not really this most recent year because they've actually handled her very well and the whole Superman family as a whole. But in the past, I don't know, there was just always sometimes like they didn't feel like they knew what to do with her. You know, and so you would get these really great runs and then you get runs of like where she's on the complete back burner and not really acting like the person we came to know. And this character, I cannot think of a better interpretation to be seen on the screen. Like, I, I, I looked at this, and, like, the minute you read this, you go, yeah, I can kind of see why they'd want this Kara to be the, the one that they do. Even if they don't do all the things that surround this story, um, even though it's, they, I mean, they could honestly adapt it pretty Last of a style, and I'd be okay with it. But I just, I don't think they're going for more of a Haber, hey, a one-to-one adaptation. I feel like they're going more for who is the Supergirl character that we want to portray and after you read this and you see how she handles situations how she's always talking about like uh the perceptions of how people view clark and then the, how they view her and how they treat her and all of those discussions that kind of come up along the way i just man i adore it also it's beautiful like Evelyn does some gorgeous work and if they can even adapt half of that like get 50 percent of that the way this looks in the aesthetic on the screen I think this is going to be this is going to be amazing if handled the right way. So I look, it was as good as it was the first time, if not actually, I think a bit better uh, this time around um, because I think my appreciation for the Superman family has grown exponentially since I first read this. But I came away just like I cannot wait. I, I so hope they knock this out of the park for for things. But I know I can't remember Kofi if you had read it previously. I know Janelle was your first time. So what did you guys? I was more intrigued to hear what you guys thought.
0: I did not read it previously. I I had missed this one, and I wasn't up on Tom King like as much. I got got into him through the Batman stuff we did here, and I never went back and read this. So I was really interested because it has been sold out. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I automatically feel that this is to Supergirl with, like, all-star Superman is to Superman, which is this kind of set of tales that sometimes put the main character – you know, in a secondary focus, like we're looking at them through somebody else or detached from them, but in doing so kind of weirdly paints the portrait of these super people even better than like stories where we're up close right behind them or in their head and stuff like that. And Tom King, and I wish I had been here for this interview. I keep regretting it. I've been regretting it so much now that I've been reading this, but um, like his level of prose and the way he fits in like literary prose into comic books is amazing. And that's, essentially what this story does the trick of it is having this kind of narrator telling you this story from her childhood in the past and narrating it in this almost high medieval way and talking about supergirl is great the weird the combination of that with the sci-fi stories because each you know each issue is its own almost little story and i love that um that's a weird combination and then the superhero stuff on top of it so by all accounts this should not really work as a as a Concept And I would love to have heard the pitch for this over at DC, but it does work so well. And it makes you love and appreciate Supergirl because the story gets that the two things that are different about Supergirl is, you know, how her power is perceived in comparison to Superman and how her character is perceived in comparison to Superman by how she uses that power or does not use that power. So there's like, and they address all of that in this wonderfully kind of way of not of doing it directly, but not directly. Like speaking to a lot, like a lot of these things I read in in these individual stories are people's water cooler conversations about Supergirl. Like, oh, is she as powerful as Superman? Oh, she would die, you know, Superman, if her had to fight the same villain, like she'd get killed for uh, all this stuff. And then there are these stories that make you really kind of reflect upon that and test those things and show you why Supergirl is her own stronger person using the actual history of DC comics to be like, no, actually, if you really think about this, the girl who had to survive the dying world and go through this and know all this and be fully grown when all this happens is gonna, is a little bit tougher than the boy who got put in a rocket as a baby and then raised on a farm with milk. Like she's been through more stuff. (laughs) And so like, and therefore in in that people underestimate her patience level. And, And there's just a lot of good, like, socio things in there about being a woman and, the, and like what She-Hulk did in a more pronounced way, right? Like anger management is my life. Like that's what I do 24 seven is not slap the living crap out of people that I could knock their heads off. But I choose a nicer, more compassionate way of doing things. And seeing this in a kind of medieval he- hero story is really interesting. And hearing like the origins of this originally being like a Lobo in Supergirl story is pretty wild because that wouldn't have worked like at all but this flip does make it work it's, and it's funny. It's funny, it's kind of heartfelt. It, it has like real deep, powerful moments of, you know, horrible things happening, dark things and yeah. Supergirl having cool. to deal with that scary thing. One of the scariest stories is this wonderful, like a Star Trek episode. There's a lot of Star Trek in this. It's just them trapped on a planet with a kryptonite sun and they have to make it till Yes, And like one of the best stories. Um, And so I haven't read the last one I'm saving it because I literally read the all seven of these in like a day in 24 hours I was just like I couldn't stop and I was just like man this is so good But I'm saving the last one for this weekend but um, what I will say at the end of this is that I'm really it made me really mad because I do not agree with the decision to make this a movie I thought this would have been Mm -hmm. a dope ass limited series like so dope as a limited series because each one of these stories deserves to be like its own hour long episode of TV. Like that when I just mentioned about the Green Planet, I would love to see that as just a whole TV show. So now that, I'm, that I've read how rich this is, I, I'm kind of mad about it, but um, and like you said, if they, it doesn't have to be a direct adaptation, but if they get the basic kind of stretches, and after seeing Dungeons & Dragons, I know you can do this well, of just like somebody telling a story, a Hero Quest story that has these funny kind of ironic things and cutbacks and stuff like that could be done really well to kind of illustrate who Supergirl is without us having to even make her necessarily like the main character of the film. She just, you know, the main character could be this Ruthie girl or the person telling the story and then she is the hero that we're witnessing secondhand in the story. So i loving it. Great. Tom King is, uh, is just great at doing this. And like I said, things that I don't think should ever work on paper actually work really <laughs> well together. And it's just, it's nuts. Yeah. No, Janelle?
3: Yeah, I mean, I feel like Kofi just kind of said the whole shebang, but I will just give you my thoughts this is heart-wrenching like this this is hard to read it's like it's hard to see I I love it but it is it's very difficult like this is heartbreaking and it is like it like got me like it it kind of broke me like broke my heart reading this because like seeing so much horridness from people yeah. i mean this is like probably the most horrific villainy type death solution. like this this is just awful like what is happening in this and so i'm i'm only like halfway through the read and i'm just like this is so heavy like i have to watch love is blind in between these books because it's <laughs> horrific it's horrific like just the first book alone with the daughter and her father as a daughter mm-hmm. who idolizes her father it was very hard but then like you're moving into like a crying baby with an entire population of a yeah. planet dead it's the Holocaust. I mean, these are Nazis. Like, this is, this is like, really heavy. I'm also re-watching the Arrowverse, and this hit at the same time as a Crisis with, uh, oh, like, the okay. Nazis and all of that. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, the world is trying to really, like, break me right now. But uh, it, it's really intense, and Kofi is completely correct. Like, I don't think a film – could do the justice to the storyline if they go with this storyline, not even close because like the pain, the death, like just it's, it's like a really big thing. And it's not like, it's just one earth. Like it's literally like planet after planet, after planet, after planet, just, it doesn't stop. And, uh, and I just hope that like they can get that across. Now, aside from (laughs) how terrible all that stuff is, uh supergirl is so wicked like i love that she cusses like a ton i know (laughs) i love that she's so much more relatable like i feel like i i feel like chicks will kind of go into this and be like oh i see a little of myself and supergirl for once right because it's not whenever a hero's too noble and too clean cut and perfect in every way you're just kind of like okay like i get it you're awesome but like I don't relate to you at all. Like I can actually relate to Supergirl for the first time. And that's awesome. So yeah. And it is gorgeous. <laughs> the book yeah. is I mean I, it's stunning. It's, it's like so fun. Fun yeah, about- measure, Go ahead. Go ahead. Would-
0: we talk about first issues and like yeah the the weird way they do a character portrait of Supergirl in this first issue while she's mostly drunk yes. on her birthday is <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah yeah it's great
2: yeah the fact that she went to a planet with a red sun just so she could get drunk like drunk. That's, yeah. Yeah. there's just something immediately so like relatable about that but but I agree with Janelle and also it is heavy and I and I think what the series does really well is that. There's like, there's like one scene especially, and I can't remember, because I, I know you're about halfway, but I can't remember if this takes place in the after or before that spot. But there's especially one scene where you don't actually see anything. It's it's Kara walking into a, a building. Yeah. And, and yeah. so I... Ruth, okay, he's so you have seen outside. Yeah. She's so watching she, she a yeah, footage in. of the genocide. Yeah, and she comes out, and it's just like you feel that like th- there's just expressions there's not much dialogue in that in that sequence mm-hmm. but they do such a good job of making you feel the weight even though it's lighthearted in spots you never it never removes you from how bad things are and the the weight of things and the and like that you should be taking it seriously and there are real things going on it never takes you out of it but it just alleviates the pressure like just mm-hmm. the, just a bit you know like that whole thing that Kofi was talking about with the, where they're on the planet, like the whole deal about when she keeps talking about 45 minutes and she's like 45 minutes. What a, you know, and she calls him a name. Yeah. And it's just, she just made it through this harrowing 10 hour, 11 hour ordeal. Right. But like that just alleviates the pressure just enough, you know, for, for, for you to be like, you can breathe. And then they move into it. Mm-hmm. And so it's yeah, I think it's just incredibly well done, and I have to agree. I think uh, a TV series or a, or a hour long presentation type of thing, like where several of them would be the best way to go if you were doing a straight adaptation. I am curious how they're approaching it, um, but for me, as long as they capture the that this version of Supergirl, I will be like okay. If I at least I know what you're going for. This Mm -hmm. is the one I want to see on the screen, but I agree if it's a straight up adaptation, I don't know how you do that in a two hour, two and a half hour movie and do it justice. So I will be curious, but yeah, definitely. I recommend it is back in stock in places. You can go get it. It's also on the DC universe infinite app. So if you do have access to that, you can read the whole series. Uh, Definitely worth checking out. Yes,
0: so definitely. Absolutely. Check that out. You guys are making me. Want to
1: right.
3: read
0: it. Yeah, <laughs> you got to read it. This was like one of the best comic yeah. book reads I've had in a in a long time. And like I said, twenty four hours. I was just. I flying had to stop
3: it. for the podcast, and I'm like, no, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't want to be <laughs> I here. Keep
3: reading. Huh? I don't want to be here. <laughs> All right,
0: uh, that'll do it for our show today. Thank you for joining us for our Star Wars celebration coverage and talking to Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, go out, read Super Girl, Woman of Tomorrow before. It becomes on the big screen, and then we all got to argue about it then. So get it yeah. in its pure form now. <laughs> if you guys want to, if you're just getting into Comic Book Nation, we always try to do more. We can't ever always fit everything. We cover all things geek culture, but we can't always do it in the show time. So we are going to hop on over and just do a quick segment on our YouTube page, which you should be subscribed to, uh, Comic Book Nation YouTube. And we will be doing for our bonus round talking about some of the big trailers that dropped this week real quick. So, be sure to tune in for all of that. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Nation, and you can follow me individually at Kofi Outlaw.
2: You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB.
3: You can follow me at Janelle Wheeler.
1: You can follow me at Mark M A R C D A Champ.
2: Yes, and uh, in
0: our TV watch, please do go out. Keep watching Star Trek Picard. Keep watching The Mandalorian. Watch uh, Ooh, Yellow Grease. Jackets
3: Season 2. I like Greece. Yeah. I really enjoyed it.
0: Rise of the Ooh, Pink Ladies, or in right. Greece, uh, mm-hmm. Jamie Girac has Jamie Girac over on Phase Zero has dedicated a small portion of her life the last week doing that. So watch all of these things because they're all great. And that's on Paramount Plus. So, yeah.
2: And by the way, uh, you should also watch our YouTube space uh, within the next, I would say probably within the next few days. Uh, We should, we have an interview with uh, Simon who played Axe Wolves in Mandalorian. And we talk all about his comeback episode and everything like that. So we will have an in-depth interview there on the channel
0: matt dropping clout like that's just a side mention yeah we talking to mandalorian stars so be sure to check that out too (laughs) because we're doing some big things all right and yes picard i've been loving picard season three and you guys can talk to me about that on twitter anytime otherwise this is comic book nation we'll see you over on youtube or next week be sure to tune in peace